You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, made it to a Thursday. Hour one, Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you with us. Stay as long as you want. We're here for three hours. You can dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW. You can watch on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. And we're on 362 radio affiliates around the country and the powerful Fox Sports Radio lineup. The uh, biggest reveal tonight on the NFL Network and ESPN schedule release party uh, probably won't be primetime matchups or playoff rematches. Now, those will be fun to watch, but the real news is how the schedule reveals the league's contingency plans. You got a three-hour show on ESPN and the NFL Network. I don't know how much time they're going to devote to this, but it's... We talked about, and I brought it to your attention over a month ago, the schedule makers were looking at the contingency plans of a 12-game season. I know contingency plan schedules doesn't sound exciting, but it's pretty important here. It's going to happen. I think that you're going to probably see front-loaded schedules with non-conference games just in case the NFL starts the season late. The games are always interesting, but they're less impactful in the standings. And this is all uncharted territory. The NFL has kept saying they plan on a full season. Well, they should, but they have a contingency plan. You get the sense that they're working pretty hard on the alternatives. And maybe the schedules will reveal some of the bigger clues of what they're thinking as they try to kick off the 2020 season. Here are a couple of notes that uh, Mike Florio pointed out. For example... Will the schedule allow for the possibility of certain teams sharing stadiums? You got the teams in California that might not be able to host games. Therefore, if the California teams have to go elsewhere, the Chargers could play in Phoenix, let's say. Rams could play in Vegas. The Niners could go to Denver. These are just contingency plans here. But I think that these, these are real questions that they're trying to answer here. You got teams who are going to need to have home games on different weeks, home games separated by one or two more days. If you play a game on Sunday, can you play a game there on Monday? Could you play a game on Monday and a game on Thursday? These are things that are being discussed right now with the NFL. 12 games, if they start later, are you going to have non-conference games up front? Therefore, if you lose those, it's okay. You want the division games. You want AFC versus AFC, NFC versus NFC. You want that to still be part of the schedule. Just some things to keep an eye on as we have the scheduling party that comes up tonight. And there's always the entertaining part of this of what's the first game. It's on NBC. It's usually the Super Bowl winning team hosting somebody, and it's a marquee matchup. And then there's the Sunday night game as well on NBC. That's always fun to try to handicap who's going to be playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Will they play on Thursday night? Will they play on Sunday night? If I said, if we went around the room and I said, you could pick the matchup you want, first game of the season, and you know that the game is going to be played. See, that's another thing. You might pick a game that won't be played, even though it should be played to start the season. We might be a month later. And therefore, you pick up the schedule in week four or week five. That's where it'll be tricky. Yeah, Paulie. So you're saying we could pick any game from any two teams to lead the NFL season off. That's the rationale here. Well, we already know. That'd be fun. I would rather pick what could be reality. Can we do both? Well, we can, but that's like, you don't you want to come in tomorrow and say, hey, I told you that was going to be the game that was going to be played instead of here's a hypothetical 
that they don't even play this year. McLovin, look at the Kansas City Chiefs schedule. And and yeah. let's just say you were picking the the most entertaining game to start to see. I already know what my matchup would be. Well, I think the Chiefs have the ideal schedule anyway. Uh, I'm pulling it up now okay. because they play, I believe they play the NFC South. Yeah, so they have the Bucs are on there. Yeah. Well, that's your Saints matchup. Over. No, that's your matchup. Well, they also have the Ravens, though, Dan. No, no, that's, that's your matchup. Brady versus Mahomes, and you, you put the Buccaneers there with Kansas City. Yeah, Seton. Don't you feel like there's some way the Cowboys have to be in there, though? They might be on a Sunday night, maybe Sunday night. Mm. You know, NBC is going to have Thursday and Sunday, though you'd be able to get, you'd be able to cover those fan bases, I think. But I, I'm not sure the Cowboys schedule, but Kansas City versus Tampa Bay right out of the gate, that's spicy. Yeah, Paul. Total hypothetical. Let's say you could do it. Wave your wand, Dan. You run NBC Sports. You could have the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as your opening game or, or the Buccaneers versus the Patriots as your opening game. Hypothetical. You could pick. I would take the, the Buccaneers versus the Patriots. That would be, there's nothing bigger, would be better than that, right? Hypothetically. It might not be a great game, but it, it would be interesting. And if you're just going to have the, the Brady-Belichick aspect, Gronk back, how healthy is he going to be? But that's hypothetical. They don't play the, this year. Yeah, McLovin. You don't feel the Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes showdown? That would be fun, too. Just to oh, make it will case. be. I, I, I just want to make sure that I got Brady and Gronk still healthy to be able to play mm. in a game. <laughs> I don't want to go, let's wait till week eight. I, I mean, yeah, it sounds great to have that build up to something like that, but I, I'd rather get that right out of the gate. Probably won't happen, but that's what I would want. Yeah, McLovin. Don't Fox and CBS try to protect a couple games? So yes. aren't they going to go after that Brady Chiefs game too? Yeah, I don't know how that works. The inner workings of the networks and you protect and how many games you can protect. I, I don't think you can protect the first weekend. I, I think that that's the NFL's way of saying to NBC Football Night in America, Sunday Night uh, Football, hey, you guys are the best at what you do. We give you these marquee games. Yeah, Paulie. Here's another one that I have the Tampa schedule this year. Not who who they play, not when. Okay. Green Bay at Tampa for your home opener. I like that. That's saucy. Yep, I like that. I, I, just because of the whole Rodgers thing, Rodgers could be in a situation just like Tom Brady was with the Patriots there. Who else? Any other games there that are... Uh, Tampa, Tampa's got the Rams. They've got uh, the Saints a couple times, of course. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so give me the Chiefs. They, they have... They got Saints, they got Tampa Bay, they got the Ravens. The Cowboys and Chiefs don't play, do they? Because that, nope. that would be, that's the way to, you open up the season. Yeah, McLovin. They have, uh, let's see, the Texans, yeah. uh, the Raiders, the Jets, the Bills. Bills? They're a hot team Chargers. No, 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 yeah. no, no you're not. You're oh, not. Dolphins. No, Dolphins no, won't no, do no, it anyway. No, no, no. I mean, you, you don't think, the, will the rookies all be ready to play by then? I doubt it. Maybe Burrow. We, we don't Burrow. even know when they get into camp. <laughs> we, 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 have, we have no idea. I, I know we have a lot of speculation, the possibility. I don't know if you have players in camp by July, August. I, I mean, they're, they're going ahead with the Hall of Fame game, with the preseason game. I, I think that's a little aggressive. I think the season's going to be delayed. I do. 
I, I think the NFL is going to hold out hope that they, when they start, they can have fans go to the games. I think that that would be the reason for the delay. I think that they'll still be playing football. You know, is college football going to be delayed? I think so. Now, the other interesting part, we're going to talk to Kirk Ferentz, the Iowa head coach, and I think he's bringing his players back June 1st. At least that's the last thing I saw. So we'll talk to uh, the Iowa head coach. What if the season is delayed? And Chris Fowler brought this up a couple of weeks ago. What if they are playing in the spring? What if college football has to wait until January, February to start? Well, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, see ya. I'm not going out there in the spring. You know, you start on time, you play, okay, but now all of a sudden I'm going to be playing in February or March. I don't know. I think you're going to have some some first-round talent say they're going to treat it like a bowl game and say, no, I don't think so. They're going to to BOSA it. Yeah, McLovin. Won't that help my bet with you about Trevor Lawrence going number one? Look, I, I... I don't even know what the odds are because they're not in my favor of Trevor Lawrence and somebody going above Trevor Lawrence. I don't know what Vegas's odds are. Probably not, not anywhere near in my favor, but that's okay. I made the bet a couple of years ago. Yes, McClellan. But we know how this works out. It never works out the way it's supposed to. Never, never, ever, except once with Andrew Luck. Yes, Paul. How about this one? Okay. I'm going to throw you a little hypothetical. Right, here we if go. the opening game of the Why NFL- are you de- dealing with hypotheticals? Because reality sucks. <laughs> reality sucks. Tony Reality sucks. Don't even know. I love reality. Oh. One of my favorite. Oh, reality. Reality oh, sucks. Oh, uh, my bad. I was like, wow. Brought if, in Tony Reality. If the opening game of the NFL season, okay. be honest, were Brady versus Mahomes, or and then they're both starting, the Miami Dolphins versus the Bengals, Tua versus Joe Burrow, and you can only pick to watch one in its entirety. Be honest. I would take Brady and Mahomes because I don't know what to expect out of Joe Burrow and Tua. I, I know what to expect out of Brady and Mahomes, and I put the Gronk element in there. I I have no idea if Burrow and Tua are going to be successful. I know Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes are successful. I at least get good quality quarterback play there. I also was told by a source last night, He's like, you know, everybody loves Joe Burrow. He had a wonderful season. Greatest season a quarterback has ever had. But Jordan Love might actually have an opportunity for more success than Joe Burrow. And I went, all right, I'm listening. He said, Joe Burrow's going to the Bengals. Now, the organization, are they going to surround him? Do they have people in place who are going to be able to draft, uh, sign free agent? When's the last time the Bengals had a big-time free agent sign with them? Is never the uh, the correct answer there? Can't think of one. Whereas Jordan Love, let's say in three years from now, he's sat there at the feet of Aaron Rodgers and he goes to the Packers with uh, an established front office there. Does he have a better chance at su- of succeeding? Go back to what I've said about Patrick Mahomes, uh, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, if they went to teams that were worse, they would not be who they are. They would they would still be talented. Mahomes would be a lot of fun. If Mahomes was on Jacksonville, we're not talking about Patrick Mahomes the way we talk about him in Kansas City. He went there with an established coach, underrated offensive coordinator, and as good a skill position players as anybody in the league. Deshaun Watson goes to Houston. He's got skill position players. He had DeAndre Hopkins there. He had a formidable defense there. 
granted, he was saddled with Bill O'Brien, but he still had more success because the team was ready to go. Jordan Love might be in a situation like that. Yes, Eaton. Is this the same Jordan Love that went to the same Packers who we just spent the last week for killing for, because they don't draft anybody to help their quarterback? Well, they do draft players, but they, <laughs> they just don't draft anybody don't... that helps the quarterback. Well, okay, but Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback of all time, I'm told. Therefore, oh. you don't need any weapons, right? And so Jordan Love, hopefully, is going to be better than that. Well, he's, he's going to be better be... than the most talented quarterback of all time. No, no, he's not going to be as good. Therefore, they have to get him some weapons. Therefore, oh, he has a chance to succeed. Hey, And that's why he's in a better situation yes, than anybody else. Yes, got it, yes, got it. yes. Hey, blame my source here. I'll blame <laughs> him, not me. Yes, Paul. So you're saying all these years <laughs> the Packers have not taken a first-round wide receiver was a compliment to Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Like, we, you th- we think you're so good, you don't need help. Same with Tom Brady. There it is. And so then when they, they Jordan Love gets in there and they draft a first-round wide receiver, he's going to be like, you don't think I'm any good? <laughs> <laughs> I, now that'll be like undisputed or first take. Oh, Packers send a message. <laughs> they took a wide receiver. Jordan Love, not as good as we thought? Question mark? No love? Question mark? This program brought to you by 1-800-Flowers. Mother's Day is this Sunday. You got to lock in your order today. You got to do it. 1-800-Flowers. And you're going to make sure that she gets the flowers on time. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Click on the radio icon. Enter code Patrick. You are good to go. All right. So the uh, scheduling part. Are you guys going to? Is this a big deal with you guys? Because the teams are already going to release their schedules. All I want to know is what are the Thanksgiving Day games, the season opener, what's going to be the front end or back end of the schedule? Are you going to be looking at games where teams could be playing in another stadium? That That's what I'm curious about. For the most part, we know who you're playing. We don't know when you're playing them. Do you have maybe a situation where three out of four games are on the road? You know, that that's what I'm curious about. Yeah, Pauline. I kind of watch a schedule release for work, but as a fan, I'm watching every single game anyway. Re- truly, I-, I watch every single NFL game, whether it's Red Zone or Monday night, Sunday night. I, I guess the schedule doesn't really matter. I'm going to take a peek at it, but we watch them all. Yeah, it- It's fun to debate here what should be, but that's about it. Yeah, I think I-, I won't watch the whole thing because I'll just take the Cliff Notes version and we discuss it tomorrow. But as far as waiting for a big reveal... The big reveal would be the first weekend and I guess Thanksgiving. You know, the Lions are going to be there. The Cowboys are going to be there. Who they're going to play. Yeah, McLovin. I mean, the 7.30 Twitter releases, teams are going at 7.30. Yeah. That's, that, that'll be more interesting. I hate to say it, but it's hard to watch. Have you watched that show before? It's kind of hard. No, I've watched it. And I, it's just, I, I can't sit there and watch three hours of it. I, I like the discussion. I like that. Somebody is going to jump on something and say, oh, look at this. This team plays these these games on the road. Uh, hey, this team has back-to-back games against these two teams. You know, that's what I'm curious about. Uh, one other thing, Johnny Unitas. Uh, this would have been his uh, birthday today. I don't know how old Johnny. He was born in 1933. And we forget about Johnny Unitas because, and we shouldn't, He created the two-minute drill. First quarterback to throw for more than 40,000 passing yards. First quarterback to ever have 30 or more touchdowns in a season. And the reason why I want to bring this up is he had a 
consecutive game streak of throwing at least one touchdown. 1956 to 1960. Now, that record was eventually broken in 2013 by Drew Brees. And I thought, okay, completely different NFL now than it was when Johnny Unitas was the quarterback. And I had Statsink go back and I said, give me the average number of passes that Unitas attempted during this streak and that Drew Brees did. Unitas attempted 27 passes per game back then, which was a lot. Drew Brees during his streak, 39. 12 more passing attempts in a style that allows more freedom for the wide receivers to be able to get down the field. Johnny Unitas, if you can be underrated, is underrated because we're going to look at these numbers and they're going to seem pedestrian. But Johnny Unitas and Raymond Berry, like that was different. It, it just, it, it was a, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust back then in the NFL. Uh, but, you know, the Colts had a lot of talent there. But Unitas to Raymond Berry created the two-minute drill. And it was a guy who wasn't even drafted. Uh, but Johnny, you uh, was born today in 1933. Yeah, Paul. I found two little tidbits about Johnny Unitas. He wanted to play for Notre Dame, grew up a Notre Dame fan. He walked on the team, and frankly, he said he's too skinny, and he would get murdered out on the field. And so he left the program, and he went to the University of Louisville. Yeah. He was drafted, I think, in the ninth round oh, he by was? the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he was the odd man out among four quarterbacks, and they cut him without giving him any practice stamps, according to the story. Mm. And he went to the Baltimore Colts. Yeah, for some reason, I thought that he was not drafted. Wow. But went to the Colts as a free agent. He was playing semi-pro football he, yeah. in Bloomfield. Uh, was he in Pittsburgh when he was playing? Yeah, and yeah. then uh, he tried out for the – it was a last-minute tryout. He got through a friend with the Baltimore Colts. Pretty incredible. McLevin, what's the poll question today? We're going to talk to Pat Forty, by the way, talk some college football, because I, I don't know where we are right now with college football. I can honestly say I don't, and I don't think college football knows where college football is. But you have coaches who are saying things. Uh, James Franklin at Penn State said, hey, we're planning on playing, even if there are schools like, you know, he didn't say, like Northwestern that can't play. You know, imagine this with Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, you know, they're about education first, then their football team. If they can't open up on time, does anybody in the SEC say, hey, wait a minute, let's wait for Vanderbilt here? I, I, do, I don't know what these conferences are going to do. I get the feeling the SEC is going to play football. And if you can open your school, great. If you can't, we're still going to play football. It feels like. But uh, we'll talk to Kirk Ferentz, the Iowa head coach. But Pat Forty will join us coming up here in a couple of minutes. Uh, what do you have, McLovin? Well, we could do the uh, what game do you want to see. You, you sound like you're dead set on Mahomes versus Brady, which is pretty good. But we could, Tua and Burrow do play, if Tua was going to play, the Dolphins and Bengals face off. You do have Lamar Jackson versus Mahomes, and you have Breeze versus Brady. Think anybody will vote for anything other? I think you're right. I think it's Brady versus Mahomes. But well, well, Breeze and Brady, you can't do that to start because you may oh, lose right. that game. You have to have dispensable yeah. games that are still entertaining. But if you have to lop off four games, you're going to do that first month, and yeah. therefore, you don't want to. You can't do the interdivision, interconference games. You can't lose those. Yeah, McClellan. but based on that, don't you save Brady versus Mahomes? I would, but, you know, I know this game is going to happen. The question is, when do you want it to happen if you're the NFL? That, that, that's what's intriguing to me tonight. 
because you can't go on second thought, hey, we're going to move that game back to Christmas or something. Like you, you, Once you put it in place, that's it. All right, 21 after the hour. Phone call's coming up. Got our poll question. Glad you're part of the program and whatever, whatever way you can join us. 21 after the hour, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. We got the new shipment of T-shirts. We got the Tom Brady. Well, it's uh, his first name is Tom. Paulie has on the uh, Gronk and Ears. He's got that T-shirt on with uh, Suns Out, Guns Out. We've got those T-shirts. But the other T-shirt, it could be Tom Brady related or could. Is there another guy named Tom on the Buc- uh, Buccaneers, Paulie? Could you check? Probably in the, in the organization yeah, somewhere we, in the back yeah, office. Maybe it's just a tribute T-shirt to that guy and then on the back of that his first name is tom uh i think it's we appreciate your enthusiasm also from the cease and desist letter. our cease and desist letter that we got pat 40 sports illustrated senior writer looking good joining us on the program pat good morning how's morale uh hanging in there dan hanging in there you know groundhog day over and over my if my hair grows any longer i'm going to be an honorary almond brother here pretty soon ooh, but ooh. we're making it all right simple question who runs college football? <laughs> the oligarchy of the Power Five Conference Commissioners. So basically a group of five guys runs the sport. There's nobody at the NCAA that seriously matters. Uh, and you can decide out of those five who the most important are. Probably Greg Sankey of the SEC and Kevin Warren of the Big Ten. And Kevin Warren's brand new. What role does ESPN play in all of this? Well, they certainly have a role, no doubt about it, uh, a big role. You know, I think that they helped kind of push towards the creation of the playoff, and they will ha- no doubt have a say in what happens this season, if we have a season, when we have a season, what it looks like, how long it lasts, and who's involved in the postseason. I know that we want answers for something that's supposed to take place in a couple of months, and we can't come up with answers, but it feels like – you know, if we set an arbitrary date and then we don't adhere to that, then all of a sudden, you know, there's doom and gloom here. At, at what point do you say if we don't have something that resembles football practice by this date, then the season's in jeopardy? You know, I think that you can go as long as August 1st before players are on pra- on campus and practicing. That would be the latest, I would say, for an on-time, on-schedule season. It could be more mid-July. People I've talked to, commissioners, ADs, basically June 1, they want to have a pretty good idea. June 15, they want to have a better idea. July 1, probably drop dead as far as yes or no, we're going to play starting August 29th slash Labor Day weekend. I was told by a source a couple of days ago that what you're probably going to look at, and this changes every day, but you'd have 10 games that you would play. Nine would be in the conference, and if you played a game outside the conference, you know, Ohio State would play Ohio University or like, it'd be a bus trip. You would not. But he but he said, look, the Pac-12 is the one that's really in trouble here because of what's going on in the state. And, you know, you're all the way up in Washington. You're in Oregon. You're in Arizona. That's going to make it pretty tough. What do you make of those uh, those thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think that both are uh, viable thoughts for sure. Uh, you know, th- I think that they're looking definitely at models for a shortened season conference heavy 
uh, as you said, maybe a non-conference game. Uh, they're going to definitely be trying to curtail expenses. Uh, you know, the one thing that the, the, the Pac-12 obviously is a whole different uh, different situation right now. But even within conferences, Dan, in the ACC, Clemson may say, hey, let's go. Boston College may yeah. be saying, wait a minute. Yeah. In the Big Ten, Iowa may be saying, let's play. Rutgers is saying, we can't. Yeah. So this is going to be fascinating to me. First of all, conference by conference. And is this the beginning of the long-discussed, prophesied schism of college football where a powerful group goes one way and everybody else goes the other or not? Uh, you know, is, is it where the SEC says we're playing? Uh, the Big Ten says we, we're not sure whether we're playing. The Pac-12 says no, we're not. Uh, I think that this could open up some real fractures within the game that we've already seen at least talked about for many years. Yeah, I think those are great points. And I, I wonder if – let's say the SEC says we're, gonna, we're voting, we're playing. Vanderbilt says we can't do that. And does the SEC say, all right, hey, have a nice offseason here. We're going to play football. Does the Big Ten say to Northwestern or Rutgers, sorry, guys, sorry you can't play? Like, are we going to get to that point where, you know, it's almost infighting in the, in the own conference? Oh, I, you know, I think that the conferences will do everything they can to avoid that, um, especially really SEC, Big Ten. Uh, the SEC, going back to Mike Slive, one of the hallmarks of his tenure was solidarity. We do everything together. We stay in lockstep. We're in agreement on big issues. Even if we're not really, that's the pub what we're going to present. So they'll try to avoid it. But yes, could it come to that? Absolutely. You know, and I think that then you're looking at, at the event eventually is, well, why is Vanderbilt in our conference anyway? They don't really <laughs> seem to fit here. Or, you know, what, why did we bring Rutgers into the Big Ten? What have they done exactly? So, I, you know, I think this opens up a, a big philosophical can of worms going back to, Conference allegiance and alliances, you know, some of these that are decades or almost a century old. I mean, I think people in the Big 12 have been sitting around, if you're in the state of Texas, saying, hmm, Iowa State, Kansas State, really? Do we need you? So these discussions could be had as we go along. He's Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated, senior writer, covers not only college uh, football, but basketball as well. And, and that's another thing. When you start to look at the schedule, if it's moved back, and let's say we're playing football in the spring, do you have some of these – first-round draft picks who look at this the way Christian McCaffrey looked at a bowl game and said, you know, or Nick Bosa said, I'm going to shut it down here. Like, I wonder how far is too far if you're – I don't know if Trevor Lawrence would do this, but I, I'm sure he'd have advisors to say, let's look at this and, and make an educated guess or decision. Sure, no doubt about it. Look, Trevor Lawrence, my experience around him is he – He's a competitor. He's a team guy. He loves Clemson. He would love to play, but there could very well be some quote-unquote cooler heads that would step in and say, look, son, you've got an $80 million future sitting out there when the NFL draft happens, and then you're going to go immediately into a training camp, into a rookie training camp, and then a full-scale training camp. You want to be playing college football in the spring, going right up into that? What if you get hurt? What if something else happens? What if you're dead fatigued in the middle of the 2021 season in the NFL because you played a late college football season? So I think there's no doubt that those conversations would be had, and I think a lot of players would look askance at the spring schedule, at least the, the ones that are convinced they have a, a big-dollar NFL future. If I said you had to bet a week's pay if we have football coming up Labor Day weekend. Uh, I would bet against at the moment. 
since my week's paying very much, it wouldn't be a big loss. But okay. I think that, you know, the, the, the hedge would be if we do have it, we're going to have it with fewer no fans. If you can give me that bet, I would take that. Uh, otherwise, I would say the more likely, if we want, if we want to be sure we're playing football, I think it's probably more likely it's October first. All right, I'll leave you with this. I know you love talking about Rick Pitino, no longer at Louisville, but uh, the remnants are still there. NCAA tap, you know, knocked on the door again at, at Louisville. Here's Rick Pitino at Iona. Uh, give us sort of the Cliff Notes version of what's happening and what could happen in this situation. Yeah, Louisville got notice of allegations this week from the NCAA for not the strippers and hooker scandal, the one after the scandal after that. <laughs> oh, this is where they pay to recruit $100,000, right? Yes, the $100,000 okay. agreement for Brian Bowen, uh, some other payments for other people. So they they got a one level one violation allegation, which is the most serious, three level twos. Patino, I thought, was very fortunate to only get a level two allegation against him, but it's still a serious deal. Uh that would preclude him. He would not be subject to a show cause penalty, which could take him out of things for a longer period of time, but he could be hit with up to a half season suspension at Iona whenever this thing grinds through the NCAA process, which could be a year from now. So uh, Patino not off the hook, but probably got away a little bit lighter than some people expected. Louisville, on the other hand, could still get hammered. So he could be coaching theoretically in a postseason that Louisville is banned from. But I wonder if the NCAA looks at Louisville, they decided to clean house and do, are they a little more lenient on Louisville because Louisville took the right steps to get these people out of those positions. Yeah, that's, this is one of the more interesting uh, cases I think in a while, Dan, for that reason, because Louisville got rid of everybody at a time when everybody else that was involved in the federal corruption probe got rid of nobody. Bill Self stayed. Sean Miller stayed. Will Wade stayed. Bruce Pearl stayed. Patino was gone in a day. Tom Jurich, the AD, was gone in just a short amount of time. Uh, the president of the school left. The board of trustees was remade. So they did a lot of things there. Now, the uh, the cynic among us may point out, well, yeah, they didn't do anything after the first scandal. They waited till the second one before they got rid of everybody. <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting balancing act, I think, for the NCAA to decide: do we smash a school that got rid of everyone? Or do we give them credit for good behavior or reformed behavior? Pat, great to talk to you as always. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Stay healthy. That's Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated senior writer. We'll come back. Phone calls. Ben Roethlisberger didn't exactly get the uh, stamp of approval, the seal of approval from uh, Jay Glazer, who's good friends with Mike Tomlin. We'll talk about that with Big Ben. And should the Steelers have drafted a quarterback? Should the Steelers look at Cam Newton? We'll discuss that when we return and our play of the day after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Try to give me the uh, starting lineup if you can. Oh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf is on the team. Correct. Matumbo, of course. Matumbo. Here's one for you. Bison Dele. Is Bison Dele on that team? Yeah, he chipped in about 20 minutes off the All righty. There's, a, there's Bri- a couple that you'll get. Brian Stith. Yes, good call. Reggie Williams. Uh, oh, Reg- Reggie Williams, correct, yes. Starter. Okay, so Reggie Williams. Bryce You're down to one starter, a little energetic guard. Little energetic. 
I thought that was Mahmoud Abdul Rowe. Another one. Kind of a guy who's always like a hybrid starter, backup, mm. high energy guard. Mm. Is a tough one. Okay. Give the me other, a hint. The, the hint is Robert Oh, Pat. I got... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Mark Macon. Okay, one more starter. A power forward who is probably McLovin's favorite NBA player of all time. McLovin's... Out, out of Wake Forest. I well Rodney Rogers. Rodney Rogers. <laughs> okay. And then they had Dale Ellis coming off the bench. Oh and Jalen Rose. J Rowe was there? Yeah, he did have a cup of coffee. Oh wow. That's good. All right. Good job. Play of the day. Play of the day brought to you by Legal Zoom. You need to make it legal, make it legalzoom.com. No matter what happens, you want to make sure your loved ones are taken care of. That's why Legal Zoom has made it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today with the right estate plan at Legal Zoom. Dot com. Kendall in Houston leads us off today. What's on your mind, Kendall? Hey, uh, I was just going to say I got an email from the uh, from the University of Texas president. My daughter goes there, just a broad email, saying they're planning to start school on time in the fall. And I know LSU's campus is opening up uh, May 18th. So hopefully that's kind of sets the stage of, you know, broad opening up schools and a big population headed back real soon. All right. Well, thanks for the phone call, Kendall. Good luck to your daughter. All schools are planning to open up. I don't know if you have many that have said, hey, no fall classes or we're not going to have students on campus. I And maybe there are and somebody can enlighten me on that. But as of now, here we are early May. I don't think anybody is trying to handicap this. Now, eventually you're going to have to. Uh, we got the poll question, McLevin. Yeah, which matchup do you want to see week one? Okay. It's actually uh, interesting. It is okay. the uh, the Bucks Chiefs, but there's a close second place. The Bucks versus Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Yeah, really I like, close. Yeah, I like that one too. I just you don't want to risk losing those games, and that's what I want to see tonight with the schedule release party. Jay Glazer, who is good friends with Mike Tomlin, the Steelers head coach, had a uh, Q and A with the Athletic yesterday where. One of the questions was Ben Roethlisberger and uh, the injury he suffered, even if he's 85% back, uh, are they going to be in a competitive position? This is what Jay Glazer was asked. Glazer then responds by saying, first of all, let's not put the words fitness and Ben Roethlisberger together. They are allergic to each other. There is no fitness. His idea, great off-season workout program, is one yoga session, playing golf and drinking some beer. Hell yeah. Uh, however, what Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger have done there has have done there has been incredible. Tomlin has never had a losing season with the Steelers. I want fans of other cities to realize that never had a losing season since he's been with Pittsburgh, despite the entries and. Uh, you know, obviously not the same team that they were, where they lost Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. I saw some video of Ben throwing the football. Now, I never looked at Ben as saying, wow, that's quite a physique. Well, I mean, I've said that, but that has nothing to do with him being in shape. Ben is never a guy, well, he used to be, where he was a good athlete coming out of uh, high school. Even in college, he was a good athlete. His job is to sort of extend plays. I liken him to King Kong when he's on top of the Empire State Building. And he's just swatting planes out of the way. Ben's as big, if not bigger, than most of the defenders going after him. Maybe he's packing on some pounds there because that'll help him when he gets into battle. 
I still would have drafted a backup quarterback. I would have drafted a quarterback or I, I would have, I'd look at Cam Newton. And I, I got to push Ben a little bit here because Ben doesn't have much left. And what if that arm is not where it should be? Then I got Duck Devlin and Mason Rudolph, and it's already, you know, tough sledding in that division. The Browns are going to be better. The Bengals should be better. And you know the Ravens are going to be really good. I, that's a team that should have got Jalen Hurts, in my opinion. Because just like Philadelphia, you have an insurance policy for the way your quarterback plays. You can say that Dallas is bringing in Andy Dalton to be their Nick Foles. Okay. I mean, if you want to sell that to Dak, good luck with that. Jalen Hurts is coming in because Carson Wentz. you got to protect Carson Wentz from Carson Wentz. But the Steelers, to me, needed Jalen Hurts or a legitimate backup quarterback. I thought Andy Dalton made a lot of sense there. I really did. Now, I don't know, because then you could see where Andy Dalton's 32. What's Ben, 36, 37, maybe? Yeah, Paul. I don't think Glazer's being fair at all to Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger suffers from two things. He's got big head syndrome, and he's got husky body syndrome. <laughs> wait, 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 he's got big head syndrome? We've broken this down many times. He has a big head syndrome. Does he, he have an eight head? He does have an eight head. He also has uh, jowls going back to when he was in high school. I got pictures of him in Miami, Ohio, and he's a big, thick dude then. He was 21 years old. Big head syndrome. He also has a husky body. A natural, his body type does not show definition. It's kind of, it has a bit of dumpiness to it, but doesn't mean there's not muscle tone and underneath that layer. Some people just don't have. It's like when Seth Rogen loses a bunch of weight. You're like, he looks weird. Doesn't he look weird when he's you know thin? People are Ben Roethlisberger has a body type. It does not mean he's not in shape because he looks out of shape. There's tons of muscle underneath there, possibly. Big head syndrome. I've got their first two albums. Yeah, and I saw them on tour. Yes, McLevin. There's no way. He's probably lost a second on his forty since he came into the NFL. He was tall and skinny he, out of my. He doesn't need to run forty. He was fast, fast as all get out when he came into. Well, no, I'm not asking him to be that, McLovin. I just yeah. think, given what happened this past season, that's where you have to kind of rededicate yourself and say, if I'm going to make another run at this, let's go back and be all in. Now, Paulie goes, it's only May. He can lose 10 pounds. Ugh. He, he can, but he needs to lose more than 10 pounds. I, w- I just want to know if the arm is healthy, first of all. And, you know, is he taking this seriously? And I don't know if he is. Cam Newton's jacked. Would you would you take him over Ben Roethlisberger right now? No. Yes. Really? Yes. If you said Cam's he- is Cam healthy? No. I mean, he is what he is. He is what oh, you know well, now. Okay. Well, then that's not fair. Well, no. He they both are what they are now. Cam Newton looks like a model of a quarterback on a TV show. He's completely shredded. If I'm a Steeler fan and I could get Cam Newton at 32, and and he's going to be healthy, I would take Cam Newton. That's hot. Well, because Ben's only going to play one more year, I'm guessing. So I, I mean, Ben's how old is he, Paulie? He's 38. He just turned 38. Yeah, uh, I, I, come on. Wow. And I, I, okay, let me ask you the question now. Cam Newton's healthy, and Ben is Ben. Who do you want? Ben, because I've never thought Cam Newton is a great passer. Is he a great quarterback? Three years ago. Okay. Four what? years ago, yeah. Well, Ben's coming off a yeah, yeah arm injury, but Ben has had seasons multiple where he's been a top three NFL quarterback. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. I'll give you that.
I wanted to know the last time the Bengals signed a free agent. Uh, Boomer Esiason was a free agent. John Kitna. Uh, give me somebody recent here. Uh, Terrell Owens was 2010. Terrence Newman, James Harrison, and uh, Roy. W- so they haven't. When's the last meaningful free agent? That was, that was James Harrison in two, uh, 2013. Come on. I don't know why I'm he was going. like 36 or 37 at the time. That was that doesn't count. No, I, I mean, the Bengals don't get free agents. And you got to factor that in with Joe Burrow's development there. Going to take him a while. Yeah. Paul. Also, it's unfair that it's Ben Roethlisberger and he got the name Big Ben. If his name was Tim. <laughs> he wouldn't have Big in front of Tim. And he's got Burger at the end of his name. Right. <laughs> it's not like Ben Roethlis is Roethlis Kale. Yeah. What are you thinking, Seton? <laughs> <laughs> Roethlis something or yeah. other. Ben Roethlis something. Oh burger. my gosh! That's still one of the great moments in Sports Center history. Google it, kids. <laughs> Google it. It brings Seton to tears. It's the best. Oh, my favorite thing. Ben Roethlis. Roethlis. 